Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Project Esports Podcast. For May 28th, Memorial Day for all the Americans. James, do Canada celebrate Memorial Day, or is this just kind of a... We had the May 2-4 weekend. That was last weekend. Okay, so, we just... so you do celebrate something. But yeah, for all the American listeners, it is Memorial Day to that. But we wanted to still get you the news. We still wanted to make sure we got out to you. But as always, this is the Project Esports Podcast. The go-to podcast for esports news, interviews, discussion, whatever you really want to know about. We go live every Monday and Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, whatever it is, Eastern Time, whatever it is, Canadian Time. I am your one of your hosts, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside the most hypest man of Pennsylvania, Dylan Beal, and the Canadian with an attitude, James Graham. How are you guys doing today? I don't like how the sweater makes me look. I think you look, you look fat. Anybody? We get some... Like, is it the sweater or... I think it's the sweater. I don't know, man. I don't. I I, I haven't watched my weight. I'm doing okay. I don't know, though. <laughs> and for any of our video listeners or Twitch watchers or anything kind of like that, James has a new hat on for the first time. He decided to change it up and not go with the Buffalo one today. So it is a big day in Project Sports podcast history. Wasn't even wearing a Buffalo hat prior. It was Boston, but I Boston, mean, like whatever. Yeah. It no one really came from Boston, Buffalo. It's all the same kind of thing. But, yeah, I guess I'm um, just kind of to lead off with a little bit of housekeeping before I get anything. Um, we are still doing our kind of shout-out. We now have a little affiliate goal up on the top right corner for Twitch. Um, for We're trying to get our 50 different followers on Twitch so that we can become affiliates finally and do emotes, all kinds of stupid things, and kind of take this to the next level. So any followers or anything kind of like that means the world to us. But I guess beyond that, that's kind of enough talking to kind of kick off the episode. We have a couple really kind of big and kind of cool topics that are kind of looking at the bigger picture of esports and expansion and sometimes maybe some of the bad stuff. So, James, tell us about the Riot deal that's kind of gone down and what's that kind of meaning? Uh, yeah, so this is like – this is a good thing and not a good thing. Um, I assume, basically as soon as this was announced, I immediately jumped on the bandwagon of trying to research this, um, and I – Frankly, I, I didn't understand too too much of it. Uh, it's a it's a very uh, it's very very business orientated deal. Um, so recently, this uh, this was an article posted on ESPN. Oh, it was a, a Daily Esports story, dailyesports.tv by and I'm probably gonna butcher this name, <laughs> Taha uh, Zaidi. Um, basically, it is uh, Riot signing with uh, ESPN Plus. Um, Basically, to um, be like the like in, not an exclusive streaming streaming service, but an additional streaming service for for Riot. Um, so that being said, uh, this is this is kind of like a, a callback to a deal that was supposed to happen back in two thousand uh, yeah uh, twenty sixteen. Um, basically, that was supposed to bring League a three hundred million dollar payout over a seven year period. Which I mean, I guess given the number, I guess even still given the numbers we're talking about recently, that's still like a, a hefty amount over seven years. I know we just recently talked about like Fortnite using a hundred million dollars to invest into esports, but three hundred million over seven years is still a significant amount. Um, so that's that deal was basically um, back with Bamtech um, back in the day, basically that we're dealing with. Uh, like HBO, um, Hulu, NHL, WWE, all that good stuff. Um, basically, it it long and short of it is it never came to fruition. 
Um, you basically stopped hearing about it after a little while. Everybody was expecting it. never came back. Um, and then now it's moving into signing with ESPN. Um, basically, it's just an, an, it, like, from what I take from it, it's an additional streaming platform. It's a additional streaming platform through ESPN. Um, that, and I don't even know the actual figure amount that they basically, the, the deal was signed for. Andrew, do you know it off the top of your head? Because I certainly don't. Um, so no numbers, no, nothing about yeah. how long it is, nothing about how much you're paying. Nothing has been announced number-wise compared to the Bamtech deal, which is kind of why that. I'm just kind of hopping in to give a little bit more. So I really didn't know much. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. Like, they're going on ESPN and stuff like that. But then I watched a video by Travis Gafford. And then he put up at, like, 2.30 in the morning, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. pretty much what this article is just summarizing. And I realized that this is actually not a good thing for Riot or esports kind of as a whole. So what happened with Bamtech is they're going to do $300 million to seven, like you're kind of saying. And it's going to be exclusive one. So they're going to build an app, a website, all that kind of stuff. So it'd be off Twitch and it'd be going all towards that, have their own branding, everything kind of like that. And after the deal was signed in late 2016, we didn't hear about it until this deal was announced. But what happened between when that deal was announced and now is Disney ended up buying Bamtech. Yeah. Well, guess what else Disney owns? They own ESPN. So they figured that instead of, they didn't know if it wasn't worth the money, wasn't worth the time. No one really knows what. Ride's kind of being quiet. Disney, obviously, is kind of being quiet. But they're like, oh, we'll just put on ESPN+, Plus, which pretty much isn't really good at all. It's going to reach a little bit more of a kind of mainstream audience, but it's a paid app for ESPN that has just kind of starting to come to fruition, and it's just not what it originally was going to be. And a lot of teams joined the LCS, the NALCS, planning on Ride making that extra $50 million a year. So that's kind of money that Ride isn't getting that I'm sure teams kind of assumed Ride was going to be getting because that was when before franchising started. And so really this is Disney kind of saying, it's not worth our time and money anymore. We'll push you on this new thing that we're half-assing and good luck. Yeah. And that's, and that's my big concern here. Cause I mean, like, I don't. I think a lot of the communities kind of jump in the gun with this, um, Travis included, um, just because we don't know what the dollar figure amount is associated with this, right? I think once we get that, we can really be like, "Holy fuck, this is a bad idea." We got boned by we got boned by Disney, you know, stuff like that, right? So it like on paper it does look bad, but it's not. It does not going to really give the magnitude of how bad it is once we actually get a dollar amount associated with it. Um, like you said, I'm sure a lot of teams that went into franchising were like, this is great because this guaranteed money is going to be there. And we don't know how much is there, but it's probably not going to be anywhere close to $300 million over a seven-year uh, span. I think this is something that we can say it's bad right away. Like, I don't care about the numbers unless they're paying $600 million or something stupid like that. We are not getting an experience that we were kind of looking forward to. I mean, obviously – Riot was kind of betting on this because they didn't believe in the long-term of Twitch. So they wanted to move their own platform, their own app. I mean, it'd be, if you ever use HBO Go or anything kind of like that, that BAM Tech developed, it's just a full-on experience. Everything runs very smoothly. It's very easy to use. And that's something that I think Riot really needs because it's so much easier for someone just to download the app and always have it. I mean, the Overwatch app is kind of a step in the right direction, but they need so much more. And it's the Overwatch app times 10 is what they're kind of promising. And now it's kind of a second thought on a program that isn't really going anywhere. And it's behind a paywall anyways, while the original one was we're getting money for exclusive streaming rights. And yeah. on top of that, 
They were going to help us do sales and get people to the games. They were going to do marketing. They were going to do um, a little bit of PR and HR as well for the app. Like they were promising the world plus money. And now we're getting the second thought of an app that I don't think is really going to be. I mean, like, that's just it. Like, I mean, it's all about exposure. I haven't heard of like ESPN plus since this. this I heard I have, and I'm a big ESPN guy and I never pay for it. Yeah. How much, how much is it? Do you know on top of your head? No, I don't. I didn't. I didn't look into it too much. I'm like, no, that's ah. fair. Like, I get enough content through ESPN for free, and well, I mean, that's just it, right? Like, why, why pay for this like, like extra content that you're gonna find elsewhere? Like, I mean, as of right now, like the premier thing for for League of Legends news wise is Blitz, and they're it's a free app, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, like why pay and for that, right? They're, and they're not even doing anything different. All the, I'm pretty sure all they're doing is just putting the Twitch stream on the app. They're not even putting any effort in that's, outside of that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you're not creating anything special. It might get its own little page. But that's the biggest effort they're putting into this. So all it is is just getting the Twitch stream in front of a different audience. Instead yeah, which, of paying, giving us an experience, giving us marketing, giving us sales, giving us a really cool app, it's now giving us maybe a couple thousand new viewers and the number of them that stick or care. No, I, was gonna, it's hard I, think even, I, I think even a couple thousand is like a bold bold estimate like i mean like like how many how many more people are we gonna actually get now like an exclusive app like i mean everybody would have lost their goddamn minds like myself included um i think they would have been great for the community and great for the scene like great for the league scene itself right so this is kind of yeah i'd like again like i'd like to see the numbers before we totally totally castrate it but yeah like it's off to a very very bad start i i agree with that i mean the numbers can make it less bad yeah but I don't think you could ever make it comparable of what the BAM Tech deal is supposed to be. And I really recommend if we didn't do a good enough job explaining a lot more information, Travis did do a really good video despite it being put out at 2.30 in the morning of explaining it all and giving you more background information than whatever we did. So if I remember, I'll link it in the description on the YouTube video and all that kind of stuff. And make sure you guys kind of go watch that because obviously he does a really good job. And most of the articles that we're reading on this are based off of his video because he was back at this at the ground level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, time of day did definitely not uh, affect Travis's uh, research at all. I mean, Dylan. I mean, I guess is there anything that you kind of want to pop in on? I know league isn't your big thing, but it's kind of hearing about it. Is there anything you kind of see you can add on to that? Yeah. So uh, the question I have before I really comment on it is that there will still be the content streamed on Twitch. This is just something in addition to it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Stream. Okay. So my initial thought is, if the deal was league and riot putting up a bunch of money towards this project um i think that this is definitely really bad because they're definitely going to lose out on it um it depends what they put up on their side if it was like a deal of um they were going to get you know royalties from it based on views and all they were going to do is provide the stream and the consent for the stream then i feel a little bit less bad about it because then the negatives of it kind of go away like it sucks that it couldn't have been better it really sucks that you know the audience isn't going to be bigger um but if the if the amount of losses aren't there then it's like mm, okay whatever like i know you guys brought up like franchising and how they were you know expecting all this money to come in which that really sucks and i don't think i think that is a little bit of a fault on them like when you're talking about that kind of money and partnerships like this unless they're super solid which i mean if something like this is going to happen like that's not super solid you shouldn't count your financials on that i, yeah, I think true that's too. bad that's totally bad management and that's 
really poor foresight. But um, it was a signed contract. I mean, like if you sign a contract saying that I'm going to give you $4 million over the next three years, you kind of anticipate that contract to be followed through. Yeah, yeah, but if the contract's not followed through, then why can't Riot just sue them? It, it, yeah. it is a written contract, and if that is what they're going on, then it's Riot's position to, to, to take legal action for that. Like, if, if, it, if it was yeah. more of a projected amount of money of the contract was, we're going to give you X percent, and the estimated per, like amount of money for that was, you know, $50 million, then that's one thing. But if they said specifically, we are going to give you $50 million over this time and not, and they, they just fell through, then... I mean that's on riot and if it's yeah. and if it is the case like i said before of we promise you x percent and they just estimated that percent to equal like 50 million dollars then that's like just bad like planning yeah yeah and a, a couple of things travis brought up is that maybe riot didn't live up to their part of the deal maybe they weren't in the viewership numbers they anticipated that's they, true too yeah exactly i mean that's another point travis brought up and i think it was a good point like we're putting all the fault on the kind of disney and bam tech but Riot very easily could have not done what they were promised. They could have not had something to say. Level. Who knows what? Yeah, so, this, is like one, this is like one of the few times that like everybody's looking to blame Disney where Riot may very well be the problem. You know what I mean? So it does, it does, it is heavily dictated. Like, I don't, I, and this is why I'm saying like, I want to see numbers because I think we're jumping the gun a little too much because we don't know which end collapsed, which end didn't live up to their bargain, what deals were renegotiated, everything like that, right? So I think I think it's again like I think I I kind of agree with Dylan uh, more is that it's like it's another platform. Is it going to draw a ton of viewership? Probably fucking not. Is it gonna is it gonna really change anything? Probably not. Um, it's just it is a loss of it is this loss of three hundred million dollars that again we didn't hear about since for like like for two years. You know what I mean? And there was nothing there was nothing serviced about it or anything like that. So. Maybe, maybe, and that may be a part of its pitfall too. Is that because we hadn't heard about it for two years, we just assumed it was done, right? We assumed yeah. this this deal was in in completion, right? So yeah, so maybe if anyone will figure out kind of what happened, maybe Travis will get some kind of interview and figure out more about it. But I guess until kind of more information comes to light, there's not too much more to kind of add to it. I mean, no. yeah, I mean it, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's less money, it's less viewership, all that kind of stuff. But I guess we'll figure out the more kind of as it comes and. Whatever. I mean, I guess it, getting it in front of more people, it can never be bad, even if it is minuscule. So it's some advantage to league, but not a ton. It's like, again, it's just like, it's like adding another stream platform into its arsenal. Like, yeah. whether or not it's effective. It yeah, exactly, right? But, yeah, I guess we'll kind of move on to the other kind of big league that we talk about way, way too much. The Overwatch League. So actually just about, I don't know, I'd say an hour, hour and a half ago, I kind of shared this in the Slack channel, channel, and Jacob Wolf said that he had heard from another source, Handles, Black GE, some Germ, German kind of uh, news source over there said that there are going to be up to six expansion teams next season for the Overwatch League. So what I kind of take out of that is, one, I'm pretty sure that pretty much means there's going to be a German team there because I don't know why else – a German financial newspaper would kind of have some kind of information on that, that we don't. Um, two, I think six is a lot of teams. I mean, we're at 12 right now and they're adding six more. So it'd be really curious to kind of see how that goes. I mean, people already are complaining. You guys even made a point is that Overwatch is already on 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You add six more teams, that's going to add a lot more games that need to be played each week. Um, um, and outside of that, yeah. So I guess just kind of talking about that. Like, I love it. I'm a huge Wisconsin. I mean, I'm a huge Overwatch League guy. Really? Obviously, with six teams coming up, one of them may be FlyQuest one day. They are already based in LA. I mean, they have the league team. I mean, there's an opportunity there. I mean, I'd love to see a Canadian team. Um, I think, I think with like this predicted expansion, I think we will see one Canadian team, um, either out of Toronto, most likely Toronto, maybe Ottawa, but I think, I, or maybe Montreal. That's the other one I'm kind of chucking in the mix there. But I feel like it's going to be one of those three. If any, no, you don't think you don't no, think though. No, I actually have. Uh... I, I think this is going to be correct if they're adding that many um, different teams. Um, they're probably going to do, I think, one or two things. Um, them distributing it amongst the current um, two divisions doesn't seem like it makes sense. And five to six teams seems perfect for its own division. So That's I true, think, too. What I well, think six teams gonna... would be each division has six teams right now, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, so what I think they're going to do is they're either going to add a Canadian division um, or European no. division, or maybe a combination of, of both, of maybe like the Commonwealth division. Yeah, I like, love it. Or, or like a like a like I don't want to say like international division, but maybe an international division, um, like specifically for them, because I know they have like Atlantic and it's Atlantic and Pacific, right? And like yeah. I know London and like Korea and China are within those, but like I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to have them in there so like maybe they will mix some things up maybe they'll change the divisions up a little bit because i know there's some really strong domination um, by certain teams in those divisions so what i can definitely see them doing is adding in another division um, and trying to balance out the teams a little bit so maybe add some canadian teams maybe some other foreign teams and you know maybe they'll add in wisconsin doubtful but maybe they'll add in wisconsin give me someone in the midwest even a chicago team just someone kind of local that I can kind of go to events or something. Like, I just need something besides FlyQuest because it's FlyQuest. But I, like, I, I, I don't think that's a horrible idea, kind of what you're talking about there. But rebalance. They need to rebalance it, I think, a little bit. Um, or they maybe do something with it. But well, I don't, I, like, I don't even want to being a European league. If they're all playing in L.A. anyway, so it doesn't matter what division they're really in if they're all going to L.A., unless you're proposing that those European and the Canadian teams are going to all play in Europe. I would really actually like that. I really would like them to play in Cologne, Germany, um, because that's a really big uh, hub of esports in Europe. I would absolutely love them to have it there and to change the time for those games, because if you're playing within your division, right, have a European division, have them play those times so the EU audience and even the Asian audience have times that are pretty convenient for them to watch because I know um, NA times are always great for everyone. Um, They're fairly convenient for Americans. I mean, I'm up till midnight watching games sometimes. I'm in the Central. I mean, for you guys, that's two in the morning to watch some games. Yeah, so I really, really would like them to see them open up an office there because... um, I mean, Cologne has the infrastructure. It is a good central location in Europe. Um, esports has been there before. Um, there is space to have those kinds of studios, and I'm pretty sure that it's pretty cheap over there too. So it's not like a giant investment, but just open up another studio and then have some teams out there because I think that would do a lot for the audience um, in increasing it with EU and in Asia. And 
you know what? It might reduce the fatigue a little bit on, on some I people. Just, because... I was just going to say, like, jet lag is a huge thing, especially for players. So, I mean, if they're not traveling, like, huge, huge distances anymore, especially guys like the Spitfire and, like, yeah. like Spitfire. Well, they all live in L.A. It's not like they're flying there every single game. I mean, all these teams' houses are in L.A. None of them are flying over for these games. And if you do that, let's say you even split it nine and nine, because I think three teams are European right now. So all six new teams are nine and nine. But then there's just so many, there's so much fewer. Even if you do it by division, if it's six, six, and six, you have one in California, one in New York, one in Cologne. Well, then you're playing the same five other teams, and that gets very boring. Or you will have to fly out to New York and Cologne. And then you want to start talking about jet lag. They have or, to fly out there and try to do two games a week, which could be in different locations. Or they could do what we were talking about the other week and actually solve all the problems and make one, maybe some less games. And then so that way that if you're playing within your division, it's not terrible because like you're not playing, you know, five different games a week. And yeah. instead you're playing a few a week. Play um, two games a week. Yeah, like, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, Still, like... Two games a week is a lot. So maybe one game for each team a week, right? So you're playing less people. It takes five weeks. No, right? That's like, five, yeah, five weeks to play everyone in your division once. Um, and then from there, like, you know, you can go on and do the stages, but space them out a little bit. I mean, four seasons in a year is a lot of seasons. It's a lot oh, of it's games. It's, it's a lot of turnaround. Like, I really, really would like them to slow it down a little bit, space it out. I think three studios would be amazing, having one in California, one in New York, and then one in, um, in like, Cologne. And just like space everything out, maybe some less stages, and then hype some of the games up a little bit, hype some of the finals up a little bit. Like the, it, it, I I think it would do like dividends for Overwatch League if you did that because then people would be way more invested in the games. And like instead of me going, oh man, like I have to watch Fusion like twice this week. Let me figure out what times they're playing. Let me, you know, and it, it's a ton of games and just getting fatigued out on them. I go, okay, let me see when Fusion's playing this week. Oh, they're playing on Thursday. Let me go ahead and just like make sure my plans are clear for Thursday, or maybe let me invite my friends over for Thursday, and like that's gonna be the game this week that we watch, guys. Like instead of going, cause like two nights a week to schedule like big things for like watching, that's like that's way too much. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you gotta you gotta think of the players too, man. Like you would see better performance out of them if they were able to not only relax a little bit, but like scrim more too, right? That's the other thing. So if the guys are only playing, let's say, let's say they only play once a week, that gives them, that gives them a dedicated R and R day, maybe one, if not two, and a shit ton of time to scrim that you, that then you're seeing less meltdowns. You're seeing maybe more like cognitive player decisions on social media and shit like that. And we're not getting all the stuff we used to talk about, about, you know, so, and you'd have some time to do some PR shit. Like I mean, that this is that that'd be huge. We're not seeing that. It's literally you scrim, you play fucking games, and you scrim again. You don't get any breaks. You try and you try and do any streaming. Good fucking luck. You're not allowed. I, I think they were streaming yesterday. There's like multiple Overwatch people playing yesterday. They're allowed to stream. I think they have a little bit more free time than you think. And so there's five weeks. So if each team only played five times, can you really say that in five games of Overwatch you can determine? Who is the best team per division? No, 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 no. That's that's not the point I was getting at. I said it would take five weeks to play everyone once. And what I said is less stages. So if you have less stages, yeah, it takes five weeks to play everyone once. But it can go longer than that. So like maybe like in one stage, right? You have two stages a year um, or like two or three stages a year. 
and then like it's a longer build up into the finals or something and so it's like you play your five games right and then maybe once everyone plays each other once it kind of you know switches over maybe it's swiss after that maybe you know maybe you just do the rounds again or something like you can you can do those five weeks and then after that play you play against the same people again like that's totally fine but but wouldn't it get you don't think it'd get boring so like imagine for like thinking football if the packers played no one but Detroit, Chicago, and Minnesota all year long, you don't think that get boring? I and mean, that's only three teams versus no, five. No, 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 no. Okay, so you play everyone in your division once, right? And okay. then from there, you know, maybe they do that again. Maybe they play everyone again. And then from there, you go into a different style leading up into the finals. Like, what's the it's point, what they, of, what's the point yeah. of having divisions? Like, there's, there's no point of having divisions. Well, if you because two people from each division gets into the final stage playoffs. But this is what they do. This is what they do with EU LCS. Like, I mean, they started off with two separate groups. You played your group. I believe it was two two times through, and then you switched against the other group, and then you went to the finals through those two but the, groups. But the problem with that kind of format is now those different groups, if you ever switched, are on different parts of the world, and teams are already paying sixty million dollars as the estimated amount to be an expansion team. So these six teams that are joining are paying sixty million dollars. Now, on top of that, you want them to fly out 12 people a couple times a year? Yeah. Okay. Right, if, if you're paying $60 like, million, dollars, <laughs> are you kidding? You can charter a plane a couple times a year for not yes, that much we money. We already don't know if these teams are making money. $60 million for the Overwatch League. Like, the Overwatch League is doing fine. They're getting sponsors. But do you know how long it will take any of those teams to get $60 million? No, New York, New York XL, if they win – the um if they win the entire playoffs they're only making about a million dollars in prizes this year a million dollars that's 59 more seasons of that kind of success you need to get i mean sure whatever overwatch is paying you and whatever you are from merch and sponsors that's a shit ton of money and adding more expenses on top of that with houses with food with staff with plus you have to play every player at least fifty thousand dollars that's a shit ton of money on top of that $60 million you're already paying. No, but but the point that I'm getting at is that the 20000 to fly people all, all those times a year, like, I doubt that it'll be, okay, we'll we'll push it up, right? We'll say $50,000 per team to fly them around. That's just one more person's salary. That's, in, in, in the context of $60 million, 50000 is, like, nothing. It's less than I feel, than, I feel, I feel than like 10%. it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, it's 0.5%. I, uh, yeah, $50,000 you need to spend for if you're playing. So let's say there's two different stages um, or three different stages, however you want to do it. So you can switch up which groups kind of play. So each group gets a chance to so play their group, then play a the second group. Well, sure, flying from L.A. to New York wouldn't be that much. That's $300 a flight. That's not much. And if you have to do that for five weeks, that's no big deal. But you guys were already talking about Jet Lake earlier on when they're all in L.A. But now you have, want them to fly once a week. So – for five straight weeks, you want them to fly overseas to play against the Cologne division. I just think if this is going to work and how Blizzard wants this, they want everyone at their arena because they make more money without having to build a new arena and all that kind of stuff by going to the arena they already have. It is so much closer for the staff. It is so much less they can do. Yes, they're going to have to shorten games how many teams play. I think adding a third division isn't bad because then it's 2-2-2 two, two, two from each division that makes playoffs. But separating them is going to add excess costs to the Overwatch League, which already isn't making back their money. 
That's not proven. I can't prove that. But there is no way these teams are going to make $20 million this year. No, but, but, if, we, but if you want to, like, ex, like if you want to expand the Overwatch League, right, if you wanted to take it to that next step, you can't have everything yeah. run out of the Blizzard Arena. Like, you have to step it up and put that infrastructure in place. Like, if you then want this to be a big international is... thing, you need three studios. You need, like, 18 teams. Like, you need this big, big thing. Okay. Maybe not three studios. I mean, how the NALCS is they have one in the U.S., and then obviously EULCS is there. And maybe maybe we do do nine and nine. And I think nine teams in Europe and nine teams there, and then there is a second arena over there. I think if you split it to two divisions, if you split it to the NA division and the EU division, like kind of how the NALCS is, that's fine. If it's nine teams, I feel like five is too soon. And then there's kind of going to be um, – the, some of the Rift Warriors, whatever it is for League of Legends, when the Rift EU Rivals, yeah. plays that. Like, I think and then you do one event that year. And then so obviously like, there's a Worlds event at the end. But I don't think having the three divisions spread out makes sense. Maybe two bigger ones, one A and A EU, that's shown success. And then they're going to be the big European audience having times exclusively for them. Then we have our times that work exclusively for us. Because they're already talking about changing the times of the Overwatch League for next year. So they can move those earlier something for us so that it doesn't have to work as well for the European audiences. Those can be in the middle of the night for European audiences so that it works best for them. And there's still eight other teams for each team to play at least once. Eight weeks, which would be almost double what a current stage is, that cuts the stages in half. You have a tournament in the middle for Rift Rivals. Then you have a big tournament at the end. I think that format could work, but spreading it out over three cities is stretching a pretty small league still pretty thin. Like, well, I mean, so I mean like, just... going up to two might be good in the short term, and but, like, but I, I still think moving up to two is, is still, like, going along with the same point that I was making before of it needs to expand, it needs a larger audience, it needs to slow its stages down a little bit. Like, the, like having just two is fine. Like, um, I'm not advocating for, for sure three. I'm just saying, you know, it needs to slow down. There needs to be more times for everyone. They need to chill a little bit on all their games. Yeah. And I guess it's different. I am the much more hardcore viewer here. I watch every single game, almost every single week that I am not busy. If the game is on and I'm not doing anything super important, I'm watching it. And that's not how you two are. I don't care who's playing. I want to watch the Overwatch League. So obviously what I want to see is a little different because I love seeing the Valiant play twice a week. I want to see the good teams. I want to see the New York XL have a chance of losing or Boston Uprising lose. Because the more games you play, the more chance of these upsets and these big story arcs, like the LA uh, Valiant, finally beat the Boston Uprising for the first time this entire season. If they wouldn't have played so many games, they wouldn't have had as many chances. So I love seeing more games. Obviously, four days is a lot to watch, and I even kind of get spread out then, and I'm the hardest of hardcore kind of audience. So maybe cutting it back, because maybe some weeks they play two games, the other week they play one, depending on the team, and kind of slowing down a little bit. But I don't want to see less games, because I love watching the Overwatch League, and it has made me a bigger Overwatch fan since the league came out. So allowing me to watch less isn't going to make me want to love it more or anything like that. I'm already 100% committed to it. So it's different of what we want versus what you want. Because obviously, I mean, you guys are a little older. I mean, I'm in college. I don't really do much. You have a job. You both have jobs. You're going to school and kind of doing stuff too. And this is different. I have that time. You guys don't have as much time to kind of follow everything. Plus, I really only follow the Overwatch League and so much LCS. For fans of multiple esports, it is a lot harder. So I can kind of see for the Big picture of esports, it makes more sense to slow down. But for the Overwatch League, they make more money because more people are watching, more ads are coming in, 
more people are sitting in at the Blizzard Arena, all that kind of stuff. So I don't see why Blizzard would want to play less games per week because that isn't going to help them. I think I think it's going to come down to viewership. Like I mean, it's going to it's it like uh, like uh, the the cruel cruel reality is it's what's it going to be is there going to be more fans like myself and Dylan who tune into the occasional game and if there's less of like if, you know if and if it's more focused like will we tune in or is there more fans like you Andrew who basically are like fuck it give me every game I want to watch them all that's fine like you know load me up you know what I mean so I think I I I, I hate to say it, but the cruel reality is is that that's what it's going to come down to is who's the majority f- fan base and they'll base it off of that so well let's ask you i mean would you want less league of legend games each week during the split would you want the split to be longer would you only got if you only got one game but or could you rather take a shorter split with two games a week see i mean you can't really cross compare because with league of legends and with a lot of other games you have different regions overwatch league doesn't have different regions you have one maybe two so i can like is that's just it if i am if i am working night shifts I watch Australia, I watch China, I watch Korea. If I'm if I am not working night shifts and I have a day job, I can watch EU, NA, I can watch Russia. I doesn't you know, I like you can't really compare the two because my options are so much more than Overwatch's, you know what I mean? And I mean even at that though, there is more Overwatch there that's not being highlighted. Like, yeah, we cut down the amount of games in the Overwatch League, we still have contenders. No one knows anything about contenders. Yeah. No one cares Blizzard about contenders. Blizzard doesn't even know about contenders. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and and, and that's the not. issue, is that if you want to promote your game and you want to get people into Overwatch and you want to get them like hyper-competitive and to be able to push up into contenders to hopefully they're one day going to be playing for the Overwatch League, you need to highlight it. And what's a better way to highlight it than go to all the people who are like, oh, no, there's less games to go, hey, no, there isn't less games. We have more. They're just in contenders. Go watch contenders if you want more. And then on top of that, if you are a diehard like Valiant fan, right? Like maybe Valiant's like, hey, we have these extra days now. Maybe we'll have some of our people stream. And then you go, oh, cool, I'll watch them stream. And then you get involved in the personalities. Then you're watching their streams. You're following them on Twitter. You're still a big fan, but you're interfacing directly with that team a lot more. Yeah, I I see what you kind of mean. I I really think I, I could talk about this for three hours. We could really do like three episodes just for this. There's so much I want to talk about, and it's just hard to kind of shorten this down. We do have a couple other smaller things we really want to get to, but oh, don't I'm call Dota small. Around. Don't don't do that to Dylan. Why? Don't call Dota small. <laughs> okay, it's it's not talking about the expansion of the industry, but no, like I I am coming more around to what you guys are kind of saying, and I do think that eventually there is going to be a split of the Overwatch League, or I kind of like the idea, yeah. Focus more on contenders. Give that because, I mean, the team that won the last stage, what is it? So it goes contenders, then uh, what's the path to pro? We don't even know because Blizzard really fucking focuses yeah, there, on There it. is a path before contenders, but that's the one that's open. Oh. Um, that's okay. the one yeah, where so you can just put your own teams in there, right? Yeah. So the Korean team that won contenders disbanded after they won the tournament because it didn't make financial sense for them. Like the exactly. best team in that region had to quit because it they couldn't make enough money for it. First off, when that came out, that's why I think it's crazy for these sixty million dollar team to be throwing more money because obviously the smaller teams. I mean, it's different leagues. I mean, they're very different entities at this point. But there's not that much money being thrown in Overwatch. Sure, no one really cares about contenders, and I think that is a problem. But 
I think the Overwatch League needs to grow more before the contenders can be really be a big thing. Because if no one wants to watch the main league, why is anyone going to want to watch the smaller league? Because it's not going to be better gameplay. It's going to be worse. Exactly. But I mean, like, I, uh, no, but, again, but then again, the amount of people watching, can you really tell if it's worse? Because, I mean, I watch League, right? If, if I turn that's on so League and I watch, I watch Worlds, right? And then I go over and watch some amateur games. Honestly, I can't tell the difference between the two because I don't have that insight into League. But, like, sometimes I... Like, if there's a team in there that I think is cool, like, we'll be like, oh, cool, this is hype, I'm watching this. Or even Dota, for example. If I watch TI and then I watch some amateurs play, I don't know enough about the game and the intricacies behind it to know, like, the difference between the skill levels. I know that it's really hard to do all those things, but I can't tell the difference between them. And so it just... And I'm sure most people who watch Overwatch League will be the same way. They won't see the misplays. They won't see the difference in skill there. I think yeah. I think it, it might even be more prominent to like overlook some of these misplays because the gameplay is so much quicker in Overwatch in comparison to League. Because a lot of the League's things are very like in Dota as well, any MOBA, even with StarCraft, you see like a lot of these big missteps are like a couple steps, you know what I mean? So they take a little while to go up, like like you kind of build up, and then you didn't notice step three, four, and five. So six and seven, when they do fuck up, you're like, oh, okay, I I guess, right? But with Overwatch, because the gameplay is so fast and it's, you know, again, it's an FPS and stuff like that, when mis misplays happen, it's like, oh shit, it's already gone. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I think I think with Overwatch and misplays, the amateur scene or the contender scene has a lot more chance of doing better. I think if they promoted it probably and they actually gave a fuck about it, um, I, think it I think it has a higher chance. Okay. I think I think we do need to get going now. Yeah, I, I agree. The so one last thing that we'll throw in towards Prediction Kings. Pick three teams that you think are going to be in the six expansion teams. James, start and pick your three. Toronto, Toronto Russia, Russia, Germany. Germany. Those are my three. Dylan? Um, so, I mean, I'm going to have to say one is Germany just because of the leak. I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Um, I would probably, I mean, I, I don't want to like ride, uh, James's too much, but like, I do agree that if there is going to be a Canadian team, it's got to be Toronto. Yeah, it has um, to be. And then besides that, this one's really difficult for me to, to think of one. Um, I really would like to say one of two places. Um, I want to say either Seattle okay. or I would Ooh. say DC, but the only issue I have with DC is that NRG Esports has a contract with, um, the DC, um, like a government uh, events board um, okay so basically they're the official team of dc oh and they're already but out. they already have san francisco shock so unless nrg is like really raking in some of that money and they yeah. can bring in if they can bring in a second team i oh will totally say that they're going to bring in dc if they don't want to bring in a second team then i'm going to say seattle okay what are your i agree with I agree with Germany. I think that's an easy one, especially because why else would the news come out of there? Why else would the German financial yeah. board be looking into it? Um, Wisconsin? Hell yes. The, uh, I don't know, the Milwaukee Marauders. That's going to be my oh, guess. It is the working name, is it? <laughs> or the Madison Marauders, whatever you want to call it. That, that'll be that. And then I'm going to throw out a kind of a wild one. I'm going to say Australia. Some team Australia, they have they have a pretty good Overwatch league down there. They have been making big moves in um, esports, and they would have the entire country's kind of following down there. And even so, yeah, that there's it's growing down there. I think that has potential. Plus, there's a Junkertown map, and when there are things in that 
that weren't correct to Australia, like how they said things, a big portion of the community got really pissed off. So that shows that there's a good chunk of Overwatch players that are from Australia. So that's going to be my guess because I need to beat you guys with Viction King somehow. My only, my only counterpoint to Australia is Australia is riddled with internet issues because I follow that scene so closely. But it doesn't matter. They're playing in, they're going to be playing in Germany. They're going to be playing in LA with how that goes. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, oh. if you get, the, you basically bring the boys out of Australia and keep the, um, the Australian team. Well, it'll probably be, I mean, there'll probably be three Koreans on the Australian team. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, but if, if they have the Korean back, or they have the, oh, they have the Australian backing. And that's another like, topic we can have too is, are the teams going to be, are these expansion teams going to be less competitive? Because all the best players are already gone. No, I still that's think there's a, a whole hour conversation we can maybe have when we get closer. But no, there's still a huge pool of people that that deserve teams that could do really well. Okay, yeah, get me started for another hour. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a good forty-minute discussion on the Overwatch League. So how about we jump into Dota, Dylan? This is your bread and butter. Let's hear what you got. Yeah. So um, the uh, TI is coming up. Um, the international. Um, it happens in August. And so the way that they fund this is that Valve puts a ton of money at it. So this year they put $1.6 million, which is a huge prize pool, right? That's a huge prize pool. But on That's top awesome. of that, they released this thing called, well, normally it was called the Compendium, but I think this year is called Battle Pass. Yep. Um, but regardless, it's a thing that we you We learned purchase. about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing in game that you purchase um, with, with real dollars and all the money that you spend towards it, you get unlocks in the game, but all that money goes directly towards the prize pool. And it's a really hype thing because you log in and you see the progress and you're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, like our money is actually being put in there and it's making the progress go up. And I believe, hold on, let me check. Yeah, 12 it's days like, in, 12 days in, they did $10 million. Yeah, that was actually, so me and Andrew tried to play Dota for the first time and try to record it and kind of experience it. But it's literally, as soon as you go into the main page and you like, it's right there, the battle pass is right there. And then I think in like the top right hand corner, it's like 10, I think they were at like $10.7 million or something like that, that they had already raised, yeah. which is an absurd amount in such a short amount of time. Right? Like, and they still have 100 days left. This is a 10th literally well, no, i guess one eleventh of the time because like they have 100 days left but yeah one eleventh of the time and yeah granted you're gonna get most of your money right in the beginning but like i still think we're at the point of where like this could easily quadruple i think i i think it could totally go up you think like four you think in like 40 like 40 million I, I think i think as long as the um the incentives are there for people to put money into this then yeah i can totally see it going up because like i'm pretty sure i'm you know, don't quote me on this because I think they did it with past compendiums is that whenever it starts raising money at certain intervals, there's other things that are unlocked. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I, that's be like, I believe that's the case. And if that is the case, then like, yeah, then you have incentive of as it's going up and they're like, Hey, put in money so you can get into this milestone prize. People are going to go, Oh yeah. Like I'm going to put some money into it and get the milestone yeah, prize. Yeah. And uh, just a benchmark for what was that last year. So last year's prize pool was $24,787,916. So at least, and that was up $4 million from the previous year. So saying at least $30 million is not a crazy amount to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think they're going to do it. Because like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh. oh. What? Who's, is somebody lagging? Nope, go ahead, James. Okay, cool. Okay, no, no, <laughs> no. And I think, like, I think we, like, I feel like our exposure to Dota's 
scene is a tad limited. It is like it is only through so much because none of us play it fanatically or anything like that. Um, so we don't really know the inner workings of the fan base and stuff like that. Um, but clearly, there's been no drop in interest either financially or playtime. Um, so I, I again, I think thirty million is a, at least is a is a fair estimate. Um, we'll kind of see. I I mean I'm 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 a bit more real in saying like because like. Man, like twenty-four million dollars is a fuck ton of money, um, and you, I feel like you can only tap the player base so much. So, and I mean the compendium, like the the battle pass, battle pass, battle pass. Yeah, it was like a really cool addition that they did recently to try and bring more players in. So we might see that, but I think a more realistic amount would be in like the twenty-seven, twenty-eight range. Maybe I'd be, I'd be, I'd be more inclined to say that. My heart tells me thirty. I know it, it's got to go to thirty because, like, <laughs> I mean, like. They're they're gonna do this kind of thing. Like I I need to look into it a little bit to see if the if the incentive is there. But if the incentive is there, they totally can do this. If they because Valve Valve definitely pushes this very well um, in the past years. So like I can totally see them hitting that. And so just kind of looking at this, this is kind of a statement from the article we got in Esports Observer, um, written by what was his name, um, Ferguson Mitchell. So kind of towards the end. So the unofficial TI prize pool tracker has all the in-depth stats that fans love, including the current pool is 5.4% above last year's, 42% funded compared to last year's, 551% of the initial funding level. But, however, the accurate stats – I don't know. He doesn't say where he gets these accurate stats from. But he yeah. said the accurate stats, however, do reveal possible troubling facts for this year. This year's TI debuted with over $800,000 in sales on day one but it's currently within 500K of last year's pool at the same point in time. So, yes, it had such a big first couple of days, but it's now slowing down and is only half a million dollars, which is a lot of money, ahead of where it was last year at this point. So, yes, it had that really big jump, but it's not continuing that growth. Now, it's starting to slow down and keep up with where it's at. So it's still, I mean, there's still 100 days and a lot of money is going to keep going up. And I'm sure if it is kind of being a little smaller, they'll find a way to kind of bring that back up. But just because the first couple of days were so big doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to continue on. I hope it does because you don't want to see the prize pools get bigger, obviously, as esports get bigger. But that's just something to kind of throw in there because we see these numbers for the first couple of days. But of course, it is 100 days to reach that kind of final goal. I think this is something we need to kind of check in on, like, the halfway point and be like, okay, is, oh, yeah. where is it on track, right? Yeah, I mean, the, what, 100 days from now, that's September, October. So that's a yeah, long okay. ways away before it kind of gets there. So we'll touch on it, yeah, maybe 50 days mark, and maybe, I mean, whenever these numbers kind of hit, and maybe, who knows, maybe they'll pass up, and that's the next time we're talking about it. Yeah, that's true, too, yeah. But um, anything else to kind of add on the TI prize pool? I mean, it's kind of a cool number. I'd love to see them doing well, and – I think with the battle pass being a little different this year might be why it's kind of slowing. I mean, you said it was kind of similar, but it's a little different at the same time. So maybe if they add a couple more features, it can kind of really blow away. I think if the, I think if the milestone thing comes in, we'll see. Uh, like, I think the, it'll kind of do this one and kind of like kickstart itself again. We'll see. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, we'll kind of move on to the final topic of the show. Again, it's not a huge one, but it's just kind of a cool one, especially coming off of our E3 show that we talked about just a couple, um, two weeks ago now that Fortnite is having the Fortnite Pro-Am at E3, where 50 pros and 50 celebrities will pair up to earn the ultimate victory royale, $3 million in prize money that will go to their charity. So that's oh, not, not – so the winning duo will see $1 million in the charity split. Um, and so first off, this isn't included in the $100 million 
that they did talk about a couple of weeks ago. So that $100,000 is still out there somewhere and they're not doing it. So these events are always going to be separate, which I think is really cool because of course, Epic could have just easily wrapped this in with that $100 million and there's only yeah. 97 left. But they're going above and beyond what they already put in there. But I guess there's not too much. I think it's really cool. I mean, Ninja and Marshmallow are playing together. Myth and Paul George. Pokemon and Designer. Markiplier and Joel, Michael. I mean, Pete Wentz and Allie. I'm not a big Fall guy, so Fall Boy guy. So I love seeing Pete Wentz in there. But um, yeah, I think it's really cool just to kind of see that, of course, all these big kind of celebrities want to play Fortnite. Because I well, doubt they're getting paid or anything. Do you think they're getting paid to do this? Probably not. This is a huge publicity thing. Let me, like, refresh me. Designer and Pokemon? That's my fucking team. I'm cheering for no, those. No, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's going to, I hope, I hope they do it in a way that you can, like, jump between each person's comms and, like, make it very interactive. Because I would, some of the, some of the comms we're going to get are absolutely going to be fucking insane. So... I wonder. I want. Like, I'm surprised they're putting Marshmallow with Ninja. I figured they put like Drake with him or something like well, that. So, like, well, Drake just might not want to do it. But Marshmallow yeah. had Ninja on stage at one of his concerts. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, like, so, like I mean, they're kind of friends. I don't know how much that really is, but they've had that connection before, and I'm sure it was a lot easier to get Marshmallow than Drake to come well, and play this to go to one of the biggest like video game conferences. I mean, all these these are some really big stars, but I wouldn't say designers at the top of the game right now or Pete Wentz. I mean, like these are still really big celebrities, but they're not like Drake. They're not Kendrick Lamar, but it's still really cool to see them coming out. And they're still kind of slowly announcing the pros and all that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward. Do you guys know who Stone Mountain 64 is? He plays a lot of Battlefield. Um, he's the one that takes it really serious. So he like, he demands that he call him officer and kind of stuff like that. So he's like very kind of lighthearted, and we lost James, of course, for a second. I think I think I'm back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. There so you go. I just, I just, sorry, I was just gonna say I like my internet crashed because I opened the window again just to oh. like look over the celebrity list again. And um, Tyron Woodley is playing, which is kind of hype. Um, Tyron Woodley's like a like a really big name in UFC and stuff like that, oh, as well as like Stone Mountain sixty four. I don't know. If you I, know. I just mentioned him. I love Stone Mountain. Yeah, Stone Mountain's ridiculous. So like, I mean, that celebrity list is like it's pretty hype. Like, I mean, they do have some really really big names on that. Yeah. So and Demetrius Johnson's on there too, which like I mean that doesn't surprise me because he is a pretty big Twitch personality already. Um, get in his realm. So. Yeah, and I think there's like twenty five more to announce. Yeah, which is exciting. I'm sure they're kind of working on some of the bigger ones. Who knows? Maybe Drake could still show up. But I just kind of the information on it. Um, That showdown will be streamed starting at 3.30 p.m. uh, Pacific Standard Time on Tuesday, June 12th. So that's after all the conferences and all that kind of stuff. That's the afternoon after uh, the Nintendo stream. It's coming up up to you. That's that's hype. It's like two weeks out. The first conference is a week from Saturday. Right? Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's coming up soon and kind of keep an eye out mentioning E3. We will be doing live streams of a good chunk of the E3 conferences coming up, whether it's all three of us, just one of us, the two of us kind of pairing up. We're going to figure it out. We'll have an official schedule out probably sometime at the end of this week, early next week. So you guys can kind of tune in, watch along with us and kind of see how the predictions are going for each one of us. So do watch out for that kind of information. But yeah, I guess not too much. Um, I guess if you are going to be at the E3, um, there are 3,000 tickets that are being sold. They're kind of being sent out over email, and they're just doing ways until they're all sold out. They're only $10, so if you do get it and you're going to E3, why not go? I think it'd be kind of fun. 
But I guess outside of that, there's not too much to really kind of mention on this. I think it's a really cool event. And again, Epic willing to put up $3 million for charities. They're make, trying to make the game even bigger with um, these celebrities that may haven't already talked about Fortnite, but they're willing to play. And those fan bases are going to hear about it if they haven't heard about it already too. So Epic is really doing everything right still and trying to – Yeah, still. <laughs> and, I mean, making it as relevant as anything in the world at this point, which is ridiculous. But is there anything else we want to kind of touch on? I know Overwatch League took up a majority of it. I mean, is there any side topics, anything we kind of missed, anything you want to talk about before we wrap up today's show? Or I guess anyone in the chat want to kind of pop in with any questions? At any point, if you are in the chat and have a question, just kind of throw it in there, and one of the three of us will kind of answer it. So at any point in any of our podcasts, if you ever want to ask us something, even if it's the James' favorite color, just throw it in there, and we'll try to answer it at some point. If you want to let you guys uh, know as much as possible. but It's yellow, the... by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about the worst color choice. I know. Fuck you, man. Come on. Like, at least do something, like, like classy. Okay. No, no, no. You get, uh, you get off your high fucking horse right now. Uh, I, do want, I do want to make one quick comment before we do close out. Overwatch is dying besides its fan base. And just just let that, let that sit. With no, okay. YouTube. So what he's kind of referencing is – Dylan will probably pop in on this, but someone wrote an article on PC gaming saying that no one really cares about Overwatch except there's hardcore audience. And I think that's bullshit. I mean, again, I can, I mean, you know, you guys know me. I am the hardcore <laughs> audience. So, of course, I can't fight against that because I am the people that they're probably talking about. But, Dylan, I think you're the kind of the average fan. What do you think about that? Um, I think calling uh, 100,000 people uh, for like four days a week is definitely not just the hardcore audience. I mean, if it was, you know, only 10,000 every single day, then yeah, I would say probably like the only people that care about the Overwatch League are these um, 10,000 hardcore fans. But like, I think this is, you know, this is a lot bigger than just the hardcore fans. In fact, I think it might extend beyond that. I think people who watch Overwatch League are maybe even some of the more casual fans. Honestly, it's been like, literally it's been months since I played Overwatch. You know, I just, you know, I just don't have like the the time or maybe even I don't have like the group of people to sit yeah. down and play Overwatch with. And, you know, how I get my Overwatch out, I just watch Overwatch League. So I would actually say it's the opposite. I would say the people who watch Overwatch League are the more fa- casual fan base. This is, you know, the, like, unfortunately, it's the same type of ecosystem that StarCraft had at the time of where, like, I feel like a lot more people are starting to watch than play. Um, I yeah. don't know the amount of people on daily. I don't know the amount of uniques. Um, Blizzard is always super, super weird about their numbers. Um, they, yeah, they, they release them when they're good and don't when they're bad. Yeah, least. so I can't really say for sure because I could totally be wrong because, you know, there is the console market out there. There is the ca- very casual PC market of where, you know what, it might be way higher because I've never had the instance of logging into Overwatch and trying to find a match and not finding a match very quickly. So those numbers are pretty high. They're probably way higher. Um, and I definitely would say it's not just hardcore fans that are watching Overwatch League. I think it's a lot more. Um, for instance, I went, out to, um, I went out to a Magic tournament this past weekend, right? I saw multiple people with, with like Overwatch League stuff on, just out and about. Like I, I, I know like that is like their like, um, like Magic is something that is definitely in the same market of someone who would watch Overwatch League. Yeah. There's definitely that over, uh, like that overlap. Don't, overlap. Give me, don't, don't give me, don't give me, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah but exactly. don't get me wrong. But the fact that you're seeing like apparel, you're seeing like team clothing out in public. I think this is an indication of like this isn't just a small niche thing for hardcore people. And I totally forgot, but I have my Valiant shirt. That I was gonna say, in. yeah, why aren't you wearing I that? Right now? I totally forgot. I got home like 20 minutes before the podcast started, so I just kind of threw on this shirt. But I'm like, I was so excited to wear it. I wore it this weekend. Like, I, I fucking love it. I'm gonna probably buy the jersey pretty soon too. But um, yeah, no, I definitely agree in that. I, I don't believe that. I, that. It just seemed like a clickbait kind of article of someone trying to get views and like, oh, is Overwatch League dying? Like, no, it's not dying. A hundred thousand view, hundred thousand viewers, like you said, is a very good number. And for the first year, and really a majority of those being NA fans, because it doesn't work for the other parts of the world to really watch. Yeah, when you do bring in those other regions or find a time where they can watch, those numbers will go up. I do believe. And the Overwatch League isn't going anywhere. I really do believe that. I think at least for the next four to five years, it'll stay relevant. And then after that, I'll be curious to kind of see how they do. That's the longest time. I mean, sure, it's on PC, but it is on consoles as well. And that's the longest time any kind of game like this, that is console kind of based, at least semi, has been relevant. No game is relevant that long. It hasn't done like a like an Overwatch two kind of thing, right? And like, they could do that eventually. They could turn yeah. it. I mean, it already is a games as a service, so they could roll out Overwatch two at some point, and they might need to to keep it relevant. Mm-hmm. But I saw I saw a question on uh, Cure, like what is going to be the first um, esport to be played for fifty years, and what is going to allow it to be played for fifty years? And I'm like, I don't think it ever will be. And I think that's a, that could be a topic we could do because there's so many things I need to go into it. But being changing a lot and staying relevant in terms of technology and all that kind of stuff is very hard, especially for big leagues like this. With League of Legends, you just throw out a patch. But it's not as easy to do a huge patch. We'd have to do it on all systems and consoles. For yeah, that's true. Actually, I, I have a really good point to, to bring up about that. So I was actually thinking about that while you were talking about, oh, like, you know, maybe it won't be brought up because, like, graphics get worse, engines get worse or whatever. And I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about WoW. And, like, you remember yeah. when WoW came out? And it looked, oh, yeah. like, vanilla WoW looks like shit if you look back Yeah, but that's it. PC-based. You know, like, they don't have to worry about updating that on consoles. You can change a game engine on a PC game at any point and roll out a huge no, no, patch. No, but if it's, it's going to be an eSport, though, you said what is going to be the eSport that's going to last 50 years, I think it's going to be a PC game. And I think it's oh, going to update, update in a way similar to WoW, of where, like, yes. yeah, the game, like, technically 100%. has had other releases, but you could have updated all those things like without those releases yeah. like just patching the game is all you need to do is you need to patch the game and then like you can update the graphics over time you can you know you might be able to switch over engines i don't know how like how much you can actually do with patches but i'm pretty sure you could probably switch over engines so like in a bit theory, more, yeah like, theory, i know it's a good game, game just switched engines they uh the friday the 13th game just switched engines and that's on p then that's on ps4 so it is doable yeah so yeah. like you know what maybe maybe there is giant updates so i know dota had like a giant giant update recent or sorry not recently but like a year ago of where they went over to like basically everyone was calling it dota 3 um because of the update was so big and they did so many reworks so like you know what maybe there is going to be that big point of league of where league is going to release a patch and everyone's gonna be like oh this is league of legends 2 it's not yeah. literally League of Legends 2. They're going to keep calling it League of Legends. Enough. But the That's patch might flip over and change enough things of where, like, you know, some people consider it a different game. 
I mean, yeah. like, let's just say, it, like, a lot of people did consider it when they did the giant ass map revamp. You know what I mean? Where they're like, this looks like a totally different fucking game. You know what I mean? And and I think to build on that point on like how easy it is to switch over a driver, it also, especially with PC gaming, especially if it does want to be around for a while, it depends on how the game is built. Because if the game is built improperly, or it's built rushed, or there's poor coding initially, you might see like catastrophic things that doesn't allow the engine to update very easily. We saw, like, with Warcraft being an example, we saw this with Warcraft. The backpack that you start with, they couldn't change that. They couldn't change it because as soon as you did, it's like it was an upside down mountain of the game data built on the backpack. Because as soon as you tried to fuck with it, it crashed the game. And the huh. devs were like, oh, "We can't, we can't do anything about this." Classic. <laughs> I loved it. It was great, right? I think they increased it to 16 slots vice 12. But I mean, like, you got you like for longevity, you need to look into things like that because if you are trying to do these updates that make it like a two, um, stuff like that needs to be addressed. And if it's a, if it's addressed pro improperly initially, you're kind of fucked and you're kind of rebuilding a game from the ground up, which is something you didn't want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, again, this is a topic. This was supposed to be kind of a closing point. But this is definitely a topic that may be fun to bring someone else on, get their opinion on it, and bring this topic out more and maybe a special episode where we talk about some of these big topics. But it's curious. Yeah, I, I, to answer the main story, Overwatch League isn't dying. I do think not anytime soon, but there will be a game that maybe not 50 years, but I can see it staying relevant for 25, something like that. I mean, I feel like League and Dota, I mean, that's it's still a ways away, but they've been – going for a while and they're already kind of getting at least close to that 2025 mark aren't they at this point um, they guess Dota 2 isn't but legal Legends was released in early 2000s wasn't it, it was no it was like late 2000s man oh was like, it really i guess i joined yeah, it so yeah, yeah. like i mean I if, a way to go, but i believe it can happen just not with any games out now i'm saying i'm saying warcraft arena is the thing that outlasts everything oh warcraft arena started in like 2000 what was it dylan like 2006 like Burning Crusade, yeah, like it, it it is old. It's years. like twelve years old, almost. I think it's just about as old as Bro uh, Brood War was. Whenever Brood War like really died, yeah. So maybe, I... but I like I don't know, man. Like we'll see. They're doing they're doing crazy things to the PvP system. So I hope that really brings some life back into that scene. But yeah, yeah no. Other... I... Oops, sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just gonna say like I got I got nothing else. I don't want to I don't want to take us too far over. Yeah, I have, no, I have no idea where we're at right now. We're at least probably an hour at this point. But you know what? There's been some good discussions, and I don't think we wanted to cut the Overwatch League short or anything kind of like that. It was a really good discussion that it's a big thing in esports. I mean, of course, the league being announced, but kind of taking this next level and how it's going to go for Season 2 is going to be a big decider on how that league does. But with that, thank you very much for listening to the Memorial Day episode of Project Esports podcast for May 28th. I don't have an Okay. Yeah, I'll no, keep it going. I'm going to start pre opening it preemptively. <laughs> please, please, please do whatever you can to kind of follow us, send us a like, smash that button right now on Twitch if you're watching with us. Anything helps, whether it's a comment. I mean, if you can't be creative and just need to be told what to comment, go and comment Overwatch, or say, on the podcast or on YouTube or anything like you want. We'll tell you a word of the day to kind of post on there if you can't even be creative with the review. But just whatever it means, it means the world to us. Because it means that obviously someone's watching on their side, but you also care enough to kind of go and comment to follow us on Twitch. All of it means the world to us. Yeah, and we go live every uh, Monday and Thursday at 7.30 EST. 
um, and then the, the VODs and all the audio files go live the day after. So you can find that on YouTube. Um, you can find it on Stitcher and um, iTunes. 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 The, uh, I, what's the, the audio pod, one? What's the, the what's, what's the podcast? The iTunes podcast um, network. Whatever that, whatever that, yeah, podcasts. podcasts. Um, yeah, you can find it all there. Um, and we're also doing a special thing because we're aiming towards Switch Affiliate, which we're at it pretty soon. Um, we're more than 50% of the way there. So until we get that, um, at the end of every single episode, we're going to go ahead and shout everyone out who goes on Twitter um, and just like retweet some, something by us or just quote tweets something by us. Just helps get our name out there. Um, and actually, I have the list for that up right now. Um, so we have at Xenaxis, at Cassinia Ilya, at the Banhammer, at Better Underscore Esports, and at Xenos King. Uh, so go check them out on Twitter because they were super, super kind and they helped us out a lot. Um, also, if you watch us live at 7.30 on Mondays, um, EST, um, and you go ahead and follow us, we actually have Twitch alerts now so you can go ahead and see yourself plugged in there. And whenever you do that, we'll be like, oh, hey, like so-and-so, thanks. So you'll be cemented in the podcast history um, whenever the audio goes up for that. So, uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. All right. Um, I think I think this is the part where I say my name. There yeah. we go. I'm James. I'm Dylan. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. And thank you very much for listening to the Project Esports podcast. We will see you all on Thursday. Have a great night.